Welcome to the Three Things Podcast. I'm Glenn Kubish, sentenced in Edmonton. Here are three things that I noticed I noticed made for some happiness and gratitude last week. Number one, goalies. Connor Hellebuck, the goaltender for the Winnipeg Jets, allowed two early goals against the Oilers last week and then closed the door, as they say. The Oilers lost 3-2, underlining what has been a lackluster start to the season for the home team, but enough about them. In an extended interview after the game, Hellebuck was asked about his unique style. I reached for the remote. I didn't need to hear again some version of the team plays well in front of me or... I was just seeing the puck well tonight or some other in the long list of platitudes for the multitudes. Before I could hit the mute button, he said this. What is so effective about your style? You know, I think it's extremely efficient and I'm using my brain. Yeah. Um, I'm using my mind and I'm really reading the game and um, I'm not overdoing anything. Huh. That was different. Then he went all literacy in baseball. When you're reading plays that could happen, you almost have to... It's almost like an analytics type deal. Like, there's a 50% chance that that goes there. I'm going to cover the 100% chance. Yeah. And, and, and that's why things get so simple. It's, it's very heavy on the neurological side, but it works. Huh. Here was another lovely eccentric behind the mask, the latest in the line of netminders for whom the mind is the key piece of equipment. Ken Dryden was one of those. Dryden, number 29, the Montreal Canadiens goalie, would strike a pose when the action was at the other end of the rink. He would stand in his crease, head resting above arms, crossed atop the knob of his goalie stick, the tip of the blade anchored into the ice. As a sculpture, he contemplated the drama. He was a question mark. He was my hockey hero. Years later, when I saw a Rodin thinker in the Musée d'Orsay in Paris, I saw Ken Dryden. This is how Hockey Night in Canada broadcasts informed me. Last week's telecast featured the entertaining and insightful interview of Hellebuck by Scott Oak and Louis DeBrusque, made memorable by the generosity of Hellebuck's answers. It was a reminder that even in the locked-down, corporate-controlled, soundbite-driven landscape of sports journalism, there is room for 10 minutes of good questions and the best of all answers, the ones you didn't see coming. Speaking of didn't see coming, number two, first snow. I saw the first fall of snow I saw the flowers come That little couplet from Dylan means something up here on Latitude 53, where last week started with Sheila pulling back the veil and reporting the scene on the other side of the bedroom window. A snow day? Oh, look at the snow. It's pretty. <laughs> the first snowfall of the fall places the annual choice in the hearts of Edmontonians, right? Will it be terror or terroir? The terror is simple. Please, God, tell me this isn't the first of six months of snow. Six months of layering up, a half year of no shorts, no bare feet, no easy backyard barbecues, a half year of slipping and sliding on the roads, of slipping and falling on the sidewalks, of dark and wind and cold, cold fingers, feet, ears, faces, and the burning question, why do we live here? The terroir approach is a little more of a finesse job, as my friend Steve would say. It accepts the weather as a given, and as a given, weather is nothing to complain about. To moan about the weather is actually to reveal an inflated sense of self and 
bottomless pride. To gripe about the weather is really to say we are equal to it, which we, the puny we, so aren't. Our ungodlike part is to follow Dylan and to notice the changing seasons and adapt. The best we can do is to apprehend the cycle of life and death, tweaking it here and there. The route open to us is to allow the environment that we live and move in to impart a characteristic flavor to our lives. After all, this is what it's supposed to look like here on the eastern slope of the Rockies at this time of year. What do we do to let that inform us? I hauled out the fat bike and went for a ride as I considered this year's existential terror, terroir calculation. Number three, cross-examination. What makes it borderline unlikely that Walter Lippmann ever listened to Bob Dylan's Infidels is that the album came out in 1983. Lippmann, the American journalist and political theorist, died in 1974, so okay, there's that. But on the other hand, there's also the article Lippmann wrote in August 1939 for the Atlantic Monthly titled the indispensable opposition. In it, he wipes away the maxim of Voltaire. I wholly disapprove of what you say, but will defend to the death your right to say it by applying a bit of Machiavellian varnish to it. But still in facts, not in imaginary ideas, Lippmann says, noting that as a matter of fact, most people will not defend to the death your right to say what you want. If the times run hot, if society disapproves sufficiently of what others say, some way will be found to suppress those people. It's a remarkable essay. Fauci's in it. Trump is in it. Lippmann argues that we shouldn't just tolerate what others say. That's an incidental good. The good of freedom of speech is the chance that others' opinions, confronted in true debate, will get us closer to the truth. I wanted my friend Fitz, who teaches communications, to read a Dylan-esque part of the Lippmann essay for us. Thanks, Koob. This is what Lippmann writes, quote, for while the right to talk may be the beginning of freedom, the necessity of listening is what makes the right important. What matters is not the utterance of opinions. What matters is the confrontation of opinions in debate, end quote. He goes on to say, and excuse the pronoun, that is why civilized men must cherish liberty as a means of promoting the discovery of truth. And I wanted my friend David, who knows a few things about Bob Dylan, to bring this all back home by introducing a Lipman-esque part of Joker Man. My pleasure and hello from Tulsa, Oklahoma, home of the Bob Dylan Center. Play Joker Man. good questions in the hall of debate, somehow that might be the only way back. The uncross-examined life, perhaps, is not worth living. Thanks for being out there, friends. See you next time. Cool and slow this morning, Josh. It's not even Halloween. No, I mean, it's not uncommon to have snow before Halloween. <laughs>